What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. And don't forget the YouTube page, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play, leave five stars in a review. That really helps us out in a big way if you're enjoying our wrestling content that we're giving you twice a week right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and wherever you download your podcast. Well, today's show is a special Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday because we look back this past Sunday from the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool, England where NXT UK took place for TakeOver Blackpool 2. And what a terrific card it was. We'll have Josh Lopez from Pro Wrestling Transcriptions on the show with me in just a moment. Like to remind you in 2020, just like we did last year, we're going to spread all fields when it comes to professional wrestling and sports entertainment. Uh, there was a terrific show that took place this past Sunday. Uh, NXT UK happens to be my favorite brand of professional wrestling as of late for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, it's professional wrestling. It's not sports entertainment. Uh, it is just a bunch of women and men just going at it and entertaining us by what they do in the squared circle, in the ring. And so I'm a big fan of what this brand brings and also a big fan of NXT overall too because both companies are run by Triple H. And Triple H and his vision for pro wrestling is not sports entertainment. And the reason why we know that is because if you've been watching NXT, not just when AEW came to the surface, but if you've been watching NXT the entire time, you notice that Triple H has his fingerprints on it, that Shawn Michaels has his fingerprints on it as well. And it's what you can do to entertain in the ring or around the ring or something that is a wrestling angle more so than a sports entertainment angle. I think that one of the reasons why that NXT as a brand has not been able to take over the reins every Wednesday and win the ratings war is because for some WWE fans, there might be some confusion on what they see on Wednesday nights versus what they see on Monday and Friday nights. On Monday and Friday nights, you'll see a 15 to 20 minute promo to start off the show. You don't see that on NXT. More times than not, you won't. Um... You do not see weddings uh, on NXT UK or NXT. You don't see a lot of just kind of uh, odd promos that don't go anywhere or actual storylines that don't go anywhere or storylines that start and then absolutely have a stop in the middle and they, you're just supposed to forget about it. You don't see that on NXT. Whatever happens, it's carried out. And on both sides, NXT and NXT UK, you can just tell that there is a distinct difference, a st really a, a real difference between what is happening on Raw and SmackDown versus what happens on NXT programming. So until the WWE audience as a whole embraces NXT and realizes that, hey, there's not a lot of silliness here. There's not a lot of, um, you know, pomp and circumstance and a lot of things that you see outside the ring that you normally see on Raw and SmackDown, um, then I think that's when that audience, those fans will embrace NXT. They haven't done it quite as of yet because you could tell by the numbers on Wednesday nights that they keep falling behind AEW and there's a reason. And so I, I look forward to seeing where NXT UK is going because as I mentioned, it's my favorite brand to see Volter as the United Kingdom champion, to see Kaylee Ray as the UK Women's Championship and the, the chase for the championship there, the tag team champions of Gallus, and just all of the contenders and the young men and women in that brand. The reason why is because the UK brand, some of those wrestlers can wrestle outside of NXT and wrestle in the UK to be able to wrestle uh, in Ireland, to wrestle in Germany, wherever they care to, but still be attached to the UK brand for NXT. So it's, to me, it's just great. It's a one-hour show every single week in which I can be able to see where the storylines are going. There is no crooked lines in the road that I take. There is no no side, you know, there's no side road here or a turn here. It's straight ahead when I'm watching NXT UK. So we're going to review what happened for NXT UK. If you have not seen this brand, uh, you should if you're a pro wrestling fan. But if you're like a Raw or SmackDown person and you're looking for a lot of gaga and two or three minute matches and you're not used to these 
men and women really working hard in the ring. Maybe this brand is not for you, but for me as a longtime wrestling fan, actually a fan of pro wrestling, yeah, this is this is my jam here. I, I enjoyed this a lot. So I'm going to call up Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com as we have our conversation. Check out his website and subscribe to his website. Subscribe meaning hit that uh, bookmark button. Uh, that way you can get a transcription of everything that you see from the WWE, Raw and SmackDown to AEW to Impact Wrestling, uh, to uh, all of the great wrestling around the United States. You can catch all that from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And also, um, as Josh and I just talked about recently, we went back and talked about what happened to Wrestle Kingdom in Tokyo, Japan. He's got transcriptions of both of those shows, so check it out. ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. He's part of this show, so we want you to be part of his website, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. So let me um, get a chance here to... Reach out here to Josh Lopez, give him a call, and we will review NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. Josh Lopez from Pro Wrestling Transcriptions joins us here as we talk about NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2 uh, with the WWE United Kingdom Championship on the line, Volter against Joe Coffey, and so much more. So we'll review that show that was on the WWE Network. Hello, Josh. Jay Hood, I'm ready to rock and roll, my man. Let's talk some good wrestling. Tyler Bate, Tyler, Tyler Bate. La, 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 Tyler, Tyler Bate. Uh, outstanding. Outstanding. Could you imagine? I know I can't imagine, but could you imagine a, an American crowd like the UK crowd? Like for every no. show? That would be unbelievable, wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd be awesome, but I don't think our uh, our side of the ladder are capable enough to bring that type of environment. Isn't that a shame? Like, there's only like four or five markets that could do could do that and just keep it lively. It's right. it's it, you know Chicago, New York, um, are two off the top of my head. Uh, Philly can get wild depending on what shows there. Uh, that you know Los Angeles. And but it, just very few that could do that. Like you're not getting that in the middle of the country. But just certain those kind of like staunch, yeah. long time wrestling markets, they get it. But you just the UK is just so unique with that crowd. They were into it from start to finish, were they not? Oh, they're off the charts, and it's kind of sad over here in the, in the states that are so uptight for our own good. Like you said, there's like four or five markets that are just generally excited to be there. The rest are like. Uh, sitting on their hands, or they're they're like the tough exterior fans, where you had to pull something out of them to get a reaction out of them. Like I kind of worry uh, in a ways where they bring in the UK talent into full sale because while yeah, Orlando's a good wrestling crowd and a good wrestling town, you still don't get that type of, of uh, volume or energy that you would get from Chicago or Boston or Philly. So I'm kind of worried for Grizzle Young veterans. Yeah, if you're not watching the product, you don't get it. And it's also a different style. I, I opened up the show, Josh, talking about how much I enjoy this brand. It's my favorite brand to watch because, number one, it's an hour. Number two, it's run by Triple H. So I trust his eyes on, on the NXT and the NXT UK brand. Uh, just looking at the card, we'll start from top to bottom. I'll start from we'll start with the main event and keep our work our way down because I just thought that every match told a great story. There were no stinkers on Blackpool two. Um, just just the United Kingdom Championship with Volter defeating Joe Coffey. So let's go back to our conversation our last show. So you mentioned that there was like a, a little bit of an outside chance for Joe Coffey to make some noise and maybe come up with the upset. And you were right. The Prime Target show, and I would suggest if you have not seen this show, Josh and I would tell you that maybe you should take a look uh, at that Prime Target show to set you up to whet your appetite for the uh, Blackpool 2 actual show. Because that 40 minutes told a great story about Joe Coffey, how pissed off he was, that he was an afterthought once the NXT UK brand began. And so that bill for Joe Coffey kind of sold me like, huh, maybe, just maybe. So I think that that, that video did a, uh, wonders for Joe Coffey. I want to give a shout out to uh, Jeremy Bischoff because he's, um, no, is, is it Jeremy Bischoff or, no, Jeremy Borash, one of my saints, good guys. <laughs> I was listening to A3 
83 weeks before he called me hoodie, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I got bitched up off the top of my head. Um, yeah, Jeremy Borash is responsible. He, uh, he produces a lot of these Prime Target specials and the majority of the NXT specials on the network, so his crew deserve a lot of credit for that uh, series they're doing right now. Um, I'm a big fan of Joe Coffey. I think he made a bigger name for himself in that match with Walter, just as he did during that prime target special. Uh, it's always interesting. Sometimes we talk about these wrestlers that maybe think they lose steam because they lost a title match on a pay-per-view. But in other cases, just like this match, I think Joe Coffey gained a lot more attention and respect from more fans that are not familiar with him. So I thought they did a great job of that match. Uh, yeah, there was shenanigans going on with the referee, and we had Wolf and Dragunov out there. I know you were telling me you would like to see uh, Wolf and Dragunov 3 on the main show. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it was, it was a really good night for uh, and it it kind of undersells how good Walter is as a performer. Well, well, here's how I thought the ebb and flow of the match went. First of all, first of all, I don't know if the crowd bought Joe Coffey as a serious contender for the UK Championship because you heard a lot of Walter chants. You got to get that anyway because of the respect the crowd has for Walter. But as the match built, the crowd started to believe. Like, okay. Here comes Joe Coffey, you know, fighting from underneath. And, and here's here's why there's a little bit, of, not a, a disconnect, but just a concern. Joe Coffey is a heel. But but if he's fighting as a baby face, there was never any tendencies of saying, hey, crowd, help me, you know, get behind me. Or let me give, I mean, let me keep moving forward against Walter to make me seem like a baby face. I, didn't, I don't get that from Joe Coffey. I just see really tough guy. That is moving forward, taking on another tough guy and Walter. So I, I never, I didn't have that feeling like, oh, Joe Coffey's fighting from underneath. And this is not like Trent Seven against Walter. Like you know, oh, like Trent Seven is like, <laughs> you know, he's the ultimate babyface in that company. But for for Joe Coffey, he was a straight ahead guy, determined guy, moving against Walter. And I saw the crowd start to really build because as Joe Coffey just kept coming, taking all the punishment for Walter, the crowd started to believe like, okay, maybe Joe Coffey can get this done i i enjoyed that i i guess the takeaway i had from that match was not just a heel baby face dynamic i think the crowd in blackpool just appreciated a good old-fashioned ass kicking fight mm -hmm. between both guys uh and it's kind of different where the young bucks in ways when they have their matches they're kind of like begging the crowd and throw their hands up and they do like a dive or some type of tag team combo move they're always throwing their hands up in the air <laughs> i always remember jim Cornette like ripping them for that on youtube like damn how desperate you gotta be son to get <laughs> the crowd to cheer for you but um i, I didn't think joe coffee needed to do that because this was game warfare this was just an old-fashioned fight between two guys trying to prove who's the top dog in the in the territory and it was a i think it's like a good old school title match uh, that you probably would have seen back in the day in mid south or georgia championship wrestling or any other promotion where you have two hosses just being the crap out of each other that that chop exchange oh man i i was feeling it <laughs> While transcribing the moves and stuff, it was a fantastic main event on uh, yesterday. I I just um, I feel bad for the opponent when Walter does that because there is no oh he only got three quarters of that only got half of that no he gets it all. If yeah. if, if Walter's gonna chop, he's gonna get it all. He never misses. Like there is really no need for the big show shush. To, to have everybody be quiet because it could be a, a it, the crowd could be raucous and you're still going to hear that thing. Uh, he never misses. Like uh, Walter's never missed. He's never half step on a chop. If he's going to get you, he's going to get you. And I I just I'm just really impressed by him because as I told you before, just watching him outside of NXT and watching him in some of those independent shows in the UK, dude, that that guy. <laughs> for his size to do what he does. And I know it becomes cliche in wrestling, like, boy, he moves well for a big man. But it's it's more than that. He wrestles well for a big man, too. You know, you, you go back in the days and, you know, like Vince McMahon Sr. 
told Andre, you don't have to wrestle like that. You don't have to throw, throw drop kicks. You don't have to put on wrestling moves because you're a giant. Stay on your feet, right? Well, well, right. well, Walter, that's why he reminds me of a young Andre because he does it all, man. I mean, it, I'm not saying he moves like a luchador, like the old cliche. What I'm saying is he moves well enough to be able to, uh, for you to be wowed by him and then applying those wrestling holes. Look at the finish of the match. I mean that that I mean that was that's not necessarily a, a finisher per se, but it's a hole that's effective that you can believe when Walter puts it on you that he'll he can make you tap out because he's just that powerful. Right. And here's my takeaway for Walter. The guy has such a presence to him where so many times in WWE I guess the only way people look at guys as superstars is the way they speak on the mic or how their character involves. There's just a presence of what Walter does. He, he's not overly charismatic. He doesn't talk all the time. He, he doesn't do the flashy moves that you expect to care to this era of wrestling fans. But people have respect for him just for his presence, and there's a credibility for the way he looks and the way he goes about his matches in the ring. And it, it's a very unique dynamic because you don't get that a lot with uh, size uh, professional wrestlers. I mean, I think Keith Lee probably be exception because he he has he has charisma to him and Big E as well. But I'm just talking about a guy that doesn't talk too much or you know it's not an over top entertainer. The fact that he's over the way he is for what he does in the ring, I think that's something very unique in this era of wrestling. Yes, and he gave me a little chuckle. He gave me a laugh on the Prime Target show. Do you see him laughing? He's yeah. laughing at I said, look at him. He's laughing at Joe Coffee like the little chuckle. I, I enjoyed that. I like there's a little side of Walter there. It's a smile. He's laughing at Joe Coffee. It's like he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't understand the you know, his he didn't understand like where he, where Joe Coffee's from and just laughing because he's like, you know, where my my culture's stronger and he's just outside chuckling just laughing yeah. I enjoyed that Who, who's this melon <laughs> so so we tell you check out that prime target show before you turn on the wwe network and watch blackpool 2 the nxt uk tag team championships gallows mark coffee and wolfgang ooh, against um Im imperium <laughs> Uh, and the grizzled young veterans and Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, man, you knew that was just going to be just crazy with all those chair, all those some chairs involved and the ladders. That that was exactly what I thought it was going to be, just crazy. Yeah, anarchy, chaos. Any other adjective you want to add to this mix? You could apply to this match. Um, oh. I, we're we're putting over the oh god. <laughs> We're putting over uh, how great the crowd was in uh, Blackpool yesterday, and rightfully so. I was kind of disappointed, but I was also expecting this too, because when you have a ladder match where you have eight people in there, you probably don't have enough time to do the traditional uh, chant for Zach Gibson. Now, I don't agree with the chant that's the, behind the ones that they say towards him, or it's directed towards him, because I think he's a tremendous wrestler, but that's kind of like the charm of NXT UK. Anytime you go to these shows, whether it's in York, um, Cardiff, Blackpool, Name the the town it is like anytime they chat. If you hate Gibson, shoes off. It's a it's a great part of the uh, <laughs> presentation. And I was kind of I I think they probably did it. and I didn't hear it as well. I don't know if you heard it while the match was going on, but I thought that was something that was missing, especially when there was parts where uh, Gibson and Drake were domi dominating that match. By the way, I think James Drake is very underrated. Just for how he is as a wrestler, I, the, that 450 splash off the ladder was really smooth. The timing of these guys is just fantastic. I mentioned it uh, last week on the show. I thought Imperium was going to be playing a big uh, role in this match. And they're, they're man, Bartos, that close, did he? He was close. It's close. <laughs> he was. It's, stop putting your hands behind your back and grab the belt. I mean, that would help. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that also would help you. I understand. Yes, you are Imperium, but put your hands in front of you. Grab. Don't worry about the, the hands behind you. James Drake, by the way. James Drake, are you referring to Shawn Michaels uh, 2020? Is that who you're talking about? James Drake? Uh, it's a better comparison than Dolph Ziggler, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. <laughs> Shawn Michaels has to look at James Drake and like, Beard, long hair, 
God, that's me. <laughs> it's like they can look at each other. I mean, take a look side by side when Michaels had the beard going. Actually, he's got a beard going now, but well, like in his prime, had the right. had the beard going when he was going through issues where he lost his smile. That era, yeah. That 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 James Drake could be a single star on the on a big stage, uh, and it's an interesting dynamic t- between the two because it's Zach Gibson goes about these promos like James Drake can't talk. And that's not true. Like, like James can hold his own with the mic also. Um, but, no, you're right. I think he's – well, I know Zach Gibson's great. Uh, it's one of my favorites to watch on this brand. But James Drake for sure. Um, give that guy a mic. Get And we've already seen him in some singles competition. Oh, he's very, very good. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what it was. Uh... I tried. There's a couple times where I got kind of confused, where they were trying to do some like double team spots off the ladder. Like I had to like guess three times whether that was a double Swan Tom bomb that uh, Andrews and Webster did off the ladder onto the floor. You know what I'm talking about towards the end of the match. Yes. Like there was some confusion there from my point of view watching the match, but it's just a collision course. Like it, uh, anything and anything bad could happen. Uh, I'm sure uh, triple H mentioned the little post game, um, interview he did with Alicia Taylor, uh, that they, those eight guys are going to feel <laughs> the, uh, side effects from that match. Oh um, man. It was so, it was so <laughs> well done. And just, and it's, it's what you expected. You saw Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster are the fastest of all the tag teams. And so you figured they could slip up there and have some near uh, misses of the belt. We saw that. Um, I, I thought that Gallus, for, for them to be the, the champions, um, they, they showed themselves well. But it, it's hard to tell because there's so many great spots in there. Wolfgang probably got the worst of it. Um, as yeah. I mean, he he just got bent in half. I, did the did the ladder break on that move or no? He no, he was just he was just flattened, right? Yes, just you're oh. flattened. God, <laughs> man, oh man, it's great. And no, the no the the crowd of Blackpool did not have time to chide Zach Gibson because they were too busy in awe of the, like all the movement that was going on. So they, they couldn't focus in on, on Gibson the way they wanted to because there was so much action all over the place. And and by the way, um, Josh, it was the difference between this match and others is that those are really tight spaces in that ballroom. It's not like an arena where you got space to fall and stuff. It's really tight right. between the the front row and the ring. So that that's why it was even seemed more dangerous on television. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it would be totally different if AEW was having a four way tag team ladder match because it'd be all over the damn arena. <laughs> um. They'd be doing dives off the stage and the uh, partial old impact zone stage they have up there mm-hmm. uh, off the tunnels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, guys doing plotches all over the place. We have to watch out for Excalibur and JR so they don't get hit with ladders. It'd be all over the place. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I just, I think that that was just a, a terrific match for the UK Tag Team Championship. Oh, you know, one thing about these tag team ladder matches and I know you saw this too because you wrote it on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. It's it's like the singles matches or or like when you have four or six people going after um, uh, a a championship on a ladder. Everyone has to work together. It's as if there was just one person, but the they work together. So no matter what moves you saw, the tag team always had to do it together. It wasn't like one guy. It was always do it as a team. So if you were down, you had to recover as a team. If you were down, you were hurt as a team. So it, it's kind yeah. of a it's a different dynamic when you have that many tag teams, that many bodies for one match. Yeah, to pull to pull off some type of a story in a match where you have eight people in it, it's very hard to do. Where it's a ladder match or an elimination chamber match, uh, it's not easy. So credit to those tag teams. Uh, Tony, Tony Storm, Tony, Tony Storm. She's in my top five, by the way. Um, Tony Storm, Piper <laughs> Niven, and Kaylee Ray go at it for the UK Women's Championship. What'd you think of the match? I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I was wondering if this was going to be starting to go down a road where uh, Tony Storm's going to take a path down to the dark side. Um, 
was, I found it interesting after the match where Ripley was kind of poking fun at her because obviously they had their match going up at Worlds Collide. And Rio was implying that all this Tony Storm does is cry after she loses matches. Like she's, un, she's not mentally capable to persevere through obstacles. So uh, I want to <laughs> see where that goes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, I, that's not my words. That's what she was implying. Wow, that's strong. That's pretty stiff, isn't it? <laughs> it is stiff, brother. <laughs> um, I thought Piper Niven had a really good showing in this match. I really did. And they really tell the story where Tony was so fixated on being the crap out of Kaylee Ray that Piper Niven was the only one focusing on winning the title. <laughs> and they really uh, tapped into that during the beginning part of the match. Um, I thought it was interesting... Um, with the finish, it wasn't like a clean, decisive move. Uh, Kaylee Ray just basically outsmarted Tony Storm to throw her out of the wing, out of the ring to uh, steal the victory. So uh, it was a good match. Uh, we'll see where, what happens next for Tony Storm, but I think there's still some legs that could be had with the feud with Kaylee Ray and Piper Niven. Um, I thought it was a good outing for the three ladies. Is Tony Storm a heel or a babyface? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she's better as a baby face, but I don't know. Maybe there's something in her being healed that maybe that can work that we haven't seen from her. Um, one thing I don't want to see is a heel that's just like, okay, I can't handle the big bat. I can't handle the big defeat. So let me feel sorry for you. Be like the passive aggressive heel. Um, I don't know. That's something that that's a very good question, and I hope for people who are listening to this right now. Let's know. Would you like to see Tony Storm as heel? Would you think she'd be a good heel? I'm not really sure about that, hoodie. I, I I mean, you're. I agree with you that she is a box office babyface. It has been for a long time. Turning her, I don't. Turning her to the dark side doesn't help, unless you have other babyfaces that you're trying to push. So you can, you can turn anybody. But if you don't have someone on the other side that you're just going to say, okay, we're going to push this person to the, be the biggest baby face in the company. If Tony Storm turns heel, it's fine. But if you don't, then leave her alone. Like Tony Storm to me is one of these people where that could be like the, one of the highest grossing merch baby faces on the UK brand. But, you right. know, but if you got something else in mind, go right ahead. But I, I just think she could also be the pouty you know, um, heel, the kind of the Jericho WCW heel, like everything, <laughs> everything's against me. You know, why are the, you know, people, you know, this is not right. All that. So, so I mean, either way, um, but just have a plan. And if it's triple H, I trust that there's going to be a plan. Uh, here's something we didn't mention. And I just want to point it out, uh, from last week's show. So Piper Niven had been going through about a Bell's palsy. Right. And so, it was hit or miss whether or not she was going to make this Blackpool show um, because she had not been feeling great. Of course, she lost someone that was very close to her that was a wrestler. That's why she was you know, kissing her armband. Um, and so she's been kind of going through an emotional roller coaster about losing someone special and saying, as we saw in that Prime Target show, now she's wrestling for that person. And, um, and so she, I mean, obviously she looked fine uh, in the ring, but you got to keep her eyes on her because I know the company has something special for her, I'm sure, down the line. Right, and I'm 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 a big fan of Piper Niven. I really like the um, the sit down interviews they did before the Prime Target special hoodie, where they're breaking down her background and some of the struggles she did before she entered WWE. And I think she has a bright future ahead of her. I really do. I I like her in the babyface role. Going back to Tony Storm really quick, I agree with you. Like, you had to make it worthwhile for her to be healed because her beating Exide Brookside or Isla Dawn is not going to do anything because those two are already loose to everybody else that's on the roster. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I, I just, you know, I, I look forward to seeing where it's going. Um, and I'm patient enough to wait because it's NXT UK. Right. <laughs> I watch it every week, so I, I'm a, I, they got me invested. Um, before we talk about the best match on the card, in my view, let's get to... Um, Eddie Dennis. Eddie <laughs> Dennis. A fine victory against Trent Seven and the little army. Ah, Eddie Dennis. 
That's how you start the show, pal. Eddie Dennis, you, he's he's one of the most evil people in NXT UK. You kind of knew it was going to go that way, Josh, because they're trying to get Eddie Dennis kind of jump started again after the injury. So who you know who can you start your you know you kind of get your self restarted with get started with Trent Seven in a really good match to start the show. Uh, it was a great match. I couldn't stop laughing while the match was going on because I was going back to the conversation we had last week where you're <laughs> reminding me how much Trent Seven fights underneath. <laughs> 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 it's something that's not going to go away for a while, Hoodie Man. Like, he <laughs> took me on that one. <laughs> oh, my God. He's on the mat so often. He take Nobody takes a beating like Trent Seven. Nobody. Man, the, that... Um, he calls it a seven bridge, but it's a razor edge. That razor edge he did over the top rope uh, to the floor to Trent Seven was one of the nastiest spots I've seen in the last couple months. Uh, to go all the way out that way for the first match of the show was nasty. Uh, his finisher, the next stop driver, is really good. Um, I thought Nigel McGinnis did a really good job in that match pointing out the characteristics of Eddie Dennis during the match. Um, just in case, like every other match, Nigel McGinnis call, uh, calls. So uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was kind of interesting. A few a few months back, before Eddie Dennis had his uh, bad injury, there was I forgot which um, dirt sheet writer was, but he's like, man, I don't know what NXT UK sees in Eddie Dennis. He's just a regular, boring, tall guy wrestler. And I'm like, really? No, no. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. <laughs> After you watch this match. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, he could definitely go, and he and he, there's no question. There's no, like, shades of gray. He's a heel. Now, yeah. now you want to put some vignettes behind him and show how evil he is, you can do that. I thought that even just in that, um, one of those NXT UK uh, TV shows where Trent Seven wins a match and Eddie Dennis just pops out of nowhere with the holding on to the arm and hand of Trent Seven as, right. as if he was a fan of the crowd, that shows an evil side. Now, you just got to build on that, but no, Eddie Dennis to me, can really be something in this company uh, moving forward. Oh, absolutely. I just want to see some more promos from him as the weeks go by, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to see that since we watch NXT UK every week. So, I We said this before in our preview for NXT UK Blackpool, and here we are, Josh. We knew it was going to happen. It's hard to follow Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin. It's just yeah. you, you knew that that was going to be, no matter what you thought of, of Volter and Joe Coffey or the Women's UK Championship, it's hard to beat Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin. That is, you're looking for matches of the year already. I mean, in 2020, you put that on the list because you knew that was going to steal the show, and it did. Yeah, there's... There gotta be a new like top fifty match of the year list now because <laughs> it's it's getting too much with all these different companies around the world. It's not just okay. NXT UK only offers the top matches of the year. I think a couple years ago there was like a perception that only New Japan offers the real match of the year uh, candidates, but. We're barely two weeks in twenty twenty hoodie, and we already got like three or four match of the year candidates. It's it's insane. Um, it was it was it was. Amazing. I mean, I marvel at every time I get opportunity to like cover a big Tyler Bate pay per view match because this dude, we always talk about. You know, you look, you see a superstar when he's able to tap into his second gear, right? And it doesn't matter how long the match is or the size of his opponent, he brings it out of his opponent every single time he's in the ring. And I love watching him wrestle. I'm a big Jordan Devlin fan. I know you're a big Jordan Devlin fan as, as well, Hoodie. Uh, it was a fantastic match. If you haven't seen ICUK or this particular event that happened yesterday, check out Tyler Bay versus Jordan Devlin. You'll be hooked at that second. I mean, just it's just... And here's the thing. It's not like I've never seen that match before. Like, on this level, on NXT UK, I can see that a best of five. But, right. I've, but I've seen this on YouTube. I've seen these two wrestle in front of 300 people. You know, it just, it doesn't matter the, who's out there watching. It's going to be a great match because Tyler Bates going to do what he does. And, and, and Jordan Devlin continues to try to show uh, that he wants his respect. The, the whole story is... 
Tyler Bate gets so much attention and Jordan Devlin wants that spotlight. That's what it is. That's what it, that's what it always has been. And even the build up to uh, Jordan Devlin showing like the video packages, like going into the uh, conference room and showing like the, his <laughs> stuff. I mean, it shows right. a little personality, but it just shows you like how determined he is. Um, I'll, I'll give you, you know what? I'll send this to you myself, my friend. I will send you Jordan Devlin against Tyler Bate from July of 2019 from OTT. I'll send you that. Right. I mean, because I, I've seen this match, so I'll send this to you. I've seen Jordan Devlin against David Starr, which was a fifty-minute match. Every time you see Bate or or Devlin, especially outside of the NXT, they're right. all they're all great matches. They're all classics. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so, so that does that did not surprise me that that match was going to be that good. Um, but this, I'm going to send you. And if you have not seen this, I, you know, I'm, I'll put this in the description of our podcast. As a matter of fact. Um, OTT, uh, Devlin against Bate from last year. Um, and it's about 300 people watching on OTT, the over the top wrestling. That's the name of the company. And it's a great match. (laughs) So like, not not a surprise. (laughs) So so great, man. This is, this is such a, a great, um, company and NXT, NXT, whether it's UK or the United States is a terrific company. Now, here's the thing that was a surprise. I've always wanted this in a wrestling show. Tom Phillips actually got us because as they put up the little slate on the bottom of the screen after Walter wins the uh, retains the championship, it's, you know, we've had a great time here in Blackpool. Good night, everybody. And here comes the Undisputed Era. <laughs> because because once you see the slate in the bottom of the screen, you think, okay, well, that's it. I mean, uh, there it is. You see uh, the uh, Imperium standing tall, and so they're about to go off the air. And then here comes the Undisputed Era. And they are trying to let you know that for that big show coming up when worlds collide, it is going to be Imperium against the Undisputed Era. And the, the reaction that the crowd gave to Undisputed Era was just amazing. That was, that was tremendous. And that's another Triple H call right there. Hoodie, a couple years ago, I was at the Allstate Arena when they did that with uh, Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Johnny Gargano. When Ciampa turned on Gargano. They, I saw it on the screen. They showed the credits. Everybody's like, all right, we're about to head out. And then you, you see Ciampa throw Gargano into the LED board. And the crowd's going insane. That was one of the craziest turns I've ever seen in, uh, in person. Uh, I couldn't even picture how excited the fans were um, in Blackpool yesterday because there wasn't any reports about the Unstreet Era being there. So that was just a really cool moment uh, for the people in the attendance and people watching around the world. So I'm very excited for Worlds Collide. Uh, I'm not saying this is going to be the biggest show of the year or anything like that because it's too early, but it's just an event that I can't wait to cover, can't wait to watch as a fan. And uh, there's already some fantastic matches that have already been announced for this show, especially Finn Balor and Ilya Dragunov, which is going to be Oh, insane. my God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, I got goosebumps. Because um, you know that that thing could have... That has the potential of being a great match, a show stealer. Um, uh, so, all right, so I, I'm giving you the pencil, Josh. You got the pencil? Yeah, I got it right with me moving. Yep. Okay, so I want you, can you book for me what you think would be the best matches in, in, in singles competition? If you were to break down the Undisputed Era against Imperium, what are the the matches that you want to see singles? Singles. Okay, good. I'm, I'm going to start off with Barcel Barthel against Bobby Fish. There we go. That's my first one. Is Fish, is Fish healthy? <laughs> like if you watch closely, do you see him limping at the end of all that? Like, can he? What is wrong with the Buddy Roberts of of, of, of this group? Is he going to be healthy enough to wrestle? Like, I I respect Bobby Fish, but you can tell, man. I don't know how many years or months he has left, right. <laughs> but he is the elder statesman of that of that group. And, and he, I mean, in his prime, when he was healthy, he was a hell of a, a competitor. He's doing the best he can. But if you notice, look look at like the last few moments of that and Fish limping around. Like, you're limping. You just got there. What Was, was that battle <laughs> that bad? For God's sake, Fish. Jeez, hang him up if it's that bad. Um, you so, know what, Hoodie? Yeah. That, that kind of, that's kind of like the same reaction I have when I see Prince of Mora play. 
Like, I don't know if he's hurt or not. There's always one part of the game where the doctors are attacking to him. He he gets a lot of muscle cramps during the game. (laughs) And then he comes back. It's kind of similar to what you're saying there with Bobby Fish. I I work with Prince for the Chicago Bears, and I always ask him, like, were you okay? He goes, yeah, I just... I just needed to blow for a second. I was good. Like he, like he needs like a. He's always he always says like I just need a, need a little rest, but I was good. Like okay, so you were not hurt. Like oh, I'm good. I just needed need to sit out for a minute. <laughs> so that you, you get a little older, man. You just need a little rest. So okay, so let me write it down too. So I'm writing down your singles matches because old school. What would happen is, is that to build a TV show or build a rivalry. If it's going to be an eight-man, there would be all these singles matches. So week one would be Bartell and Fish, right? Correct, sir. Yep. Okay. Next one. Fabian Eichner versus Roderick Strong. Ooh. Can Eichner hang in there? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Strong will rustle like circles around him, but Eichner underrated. Underrated as a big guy. Eichner was in the Cruiserweight Classic. He could definitely hang. Okay, I'm writing it down here because Strong will rustle circles around you. Yes, he would. <laughs> have I ever told you the story about uh, the heat I had with Roderick Strong? No, you didn't. Should I tell you that story? Yeah, good. <laughs> okay, so I was at God, I was at Ring of Honor in uh, Chicago Ridge when when Ring of Honor was running Chicago Ridge, and I was in the locker room. In the locker room there was a weight room so it was so tight in there and like there wasn't a real locker room i don't know if i'm if if i'm uh, not providing kayfabe here but in that in that locker room there's just like just a weight room and it's just like all these places where you're supposed to like work out or whatever and that and so i was looking for awesome kong because i was going to interview her and one of the wrestlers it might have been cole cabana or someone said oh she's outside and so i opened the door and there's Awesome Kong underneath the tree outside smoking. <laughs> so, so so she's out there. And I open the door, right? And I go, um, Kia? And she was like, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm Jonathan Hood. And she was like, oh, hey. And I've, I still got my hand on the doorknob. And Roderick Strong comes over in a towel and goes, hey, man, close the fucking door. I go, I was about to close the door. You got a problem? And I just closed the door on him. <laughs> it's like and so but i had to walk back to that locker room to go back out to the arena and so we just kind of you know it, it wasn't like real serious but it was just kind of like we kind of stared at each other for a minute and then because i didn't the, look the, the last thing you want is a bunch of wrestlers looking at you with heat right and when, when you're not a wrestler that's the last thing you want right so, so I was talking to her, and I went. I had to go through that door again to go to the arena. So it was cool, but she, he was like, "Hey, man, close the fucking door." I goes, "I was about to close the fucking door. What, what's your problem?" And like, I just wow. I just closed the door. <laughs> so that yeah, that happened. <laughs> so yeah, wow. you you got you got the heat treatment. I got the baby face treatment because. A few years back, I did an announcing seminar for Kevin Harvey, who uh, runs the Rise promotion. It's kind of like the developmental brand for Shimmer Women Athletes. Uh, Kevin Harvey's done a lot of work in the Chicago independent scene, so he's worked for AEW and all the other promotions around the city, right? Uh, he brings us to the Berlin Eagles Club. It's during the day. AEW has a show later on that night. I, I go in the backstage area. And Eddie Kingston comes up to me and he says, hey, man, I recognize your uh, transcripts on WrestleZone. He said, I like your I like the way you uh, structure out your articles. I was like, wow, there you go. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> like that guy pulls no punches. And the fact for him to come up and those who I was, I thought that was insane. That is good. It's better than you almost getting in a fight with Roderick Strong. <laughs> hey, you can hold your ground though. So I was. <laughs> I would. Just, I, I would just have to get him on the ground because if we're standing up, I probably would have no shot. Um, okay. So, so, so Bartel and Fish, Eichner and Strong. What else? Right. What's your third best uh, singles match? Third best is a style clash. Uh, both guys have similar uh, wrestling skills. I'll go with Kyle Riley and Alexander Wolf. Ooh, ooh. That might be all over the arena, because O'Reilly O'Reilly will not let up. <laughs> he's a, oh. <laughs> he's got MMA in him. He's got pro, you know strong style. 
he's uh, people. I, I think I think re- wrestling fans know, like you and I, not even smart marks. Just it's like fans know that O'Reilly is a badass, and it's right. and it's kind of like in a little night nice neat package because you know he's part of a tag team so you don't see the full arsenal but he is a uh he is a bulldog he he is something and so and then alexander wolf and again if you have not seen his matches with dragonoff that shows you the full you know the how crazy the, the hatchet man is uh yeah he can he can go too wolf is very good so that that might be a a bloody brawl between those two <laughs> In some ways, I feel like it would be the reverse uh, Brody and Abdullah. Probably. Probably. Just without the forks and stuff. Probably. <laughs> like, like, Wolf straight ahead, man. He's not backing up on you. Right. you know, don't worry about what he looks like. He's he can he's a killer. He, I mean, he is. He is. And O'Reilly's just like, you know, O'Reilly for, you know, it's more times than I, he's been a heel in his, in his career. Now, you know, he's not backing down. That, that guy can fight. So I I'm afraid of him if I'm but but for Wolf though that's a hell of a match and then we've got our champions don't we? Yes, we do. That be that's a main event anywhere around the world, pal. That's right, Walter against Adam Cole. Baby. And we're gonna get that match. I bet we're gonna get that match one day. I hope we do. Who who do you like in that match? I'll go with Adam Cole actually. What, is it going to go 60 minutes? <laughs> like, like, like uh, how's, a, how, how's Adam Cole going to get past Walter? I mean, uh, the, the power of Walter against Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll have to have, like, Adam Cole fight Keith Lee on an NXT episode before that. Just, like, a kind of like a buildup. That's fine. Adam Cole get right through Keith Lee and his, and, and, and his glory. Go right past him. You know what, Hoodie? I, I I never really pondered the idea of like joining a creative team. I think I would be good with having the pencil in regards to like setting up matches, just like picking out this guy versus that guy. I don't know about long range ideas and all the extra stuff that you have to be in the business to understand that side of the creative process. But if it comes to like, hey, give me like six matches to pick out for a weekly show, I can do that for you. Oh, I'll take care of the creative. I got well. We can work together. So you can you can put I can I can put together the creative. That's not a problem. That's not a well, problem. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. That's that's not, I got that. I watch so much wrestling. I can borrow from the seventies and eighties, and you would think it's fresh. <laughs> you wouldn't. You, <laughs> that's not a problem. You had to go back deep, have a deep dive on YouTube to even figure out where I'm doing. Yeah. I, I, I have to break. I have to bring back the coal miner's glove, uh, steel cage. No, God, you don't have to do that. <laughs> to, no, no. Hey, you know what? When you see the coal miner's glove match, always remember one thing. Some of the things from the good old days are not so good. Right. <laughs> That's one of them. <laughs> Even as an old timer, I can tell you, like, ooh, boy, that wasn't so good. Um, but um, right, so tell people where, what's on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. What do you have cooking right now? Right now, I have everything that went down yesterday for uh, UK TakeOver Blackpool 2 in its entirety. Um, I think I got like five or six paragraphs out of the Tyler Bate-Jordan Devlin match. Now, for those who are, are new to the website, um, it's not just paragraphs or just moves. I'm showcasing the different parts of the match. So anytime you see a big false finish or guys taking dives to the floor or any type of respite. That's how I separate the paragraphs in each match. This this little behind the scenes thing for those who don't know, like the way I go about transcribing the show's hoodie. Um, right there I had there for NCUK TakeOver Blackpool. I also have last night's Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill pay-per-view. Uh, I broke down. They, they had a pay-per-view on Fight TV. Of course, all weekly editions of Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, the, the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, one of my favorite shows, NWA Power. Uh, of course, you can check that out on YouTube. By the way, Hoodie, in a couple weeks, we got uh, NWA Hard Times on pay-per-view. You can get that right now for 20 bucks, a $20 pay-per-view for NWA. <laughs> uh, Into the Fire was a tremendous pay-per-view, and I'm sure Hard to Kill, uh, not Hard to Kill, my bad, Hard Times would be a, a fantastic event as well, because we're building up for the return of the TV tile tournament hoodie, and uh, things are cooking up, pal, for it, the NWA. It really is. It, it really is. Um, 
So the the one thing I will leave you with is so here's what's been missing the last couple of weeks for with the NWA show, and that is um, trying to figure out what's going on with Marty Skrull. Now the right. la- last thing we heard from um, Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer is that there is a long term deal that has been set by uh, Ring of Honor, as that and apparently the villain has agreed to terms with. Um, Ring of Honor, and he also will be part of the creative process, which is needed in that company. Um, so if he's part of the creative process, that's great. He still can wrestle in the NWA. So that's still that program between him and uh, NWA champion um, will will possibly take place, right? Yeah, and the other night, uh, Nick Aldis, the, the national treasure and the real world champion, Yes. It, Invaded the uh, Ring of Honor show at Center Stage in Atlanta. Uh, they, I saw Dave Vergara put it out on Twitter. Uh, Nick Aldis will be addressing that uh, run in on NWA Power tomorrow as we record this on a Monday. So I'm looking forward to see what the champ has to say about that. So hopefully we get some type of response from Marty Squall because I like the interview he did with Stu Bennett. Uh, the 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 show after um, into the fire, and I think Mario would be a great trend, uh, a good addition for weekly shows on NWA. But if his duties in Ring of Honor is going to prevent that, I think that sucks. But anyway, they could have a kind of like some type of synergy or partnership with NWA and Ring of Honor. I think it would be a good thing for both uh, companies. I love I love this about wrestling now in 2020. We're going to get these combo platters of wrestling companies that's going to come together. You heard AEW and Chris Jericho wants to do business with New Japan. That makes a lot of sense to add right. more you know veteran talent to that roster. Makes sense. Um, the Ring of Honor, if that if that is going to be something where they're going to be working together um, with a couple of companies, including. Um, what you talk about the NWA, then that's good too. What I, I think that's all good for them to be able to work together. Now, there's always this confusion of who, you know who gets over and who gets the money and all that stuff. That's got to be worked out like adults. But the the exchange of talent is just like the territory days. Same thing. Like there there wasn't just Florida wrestlers, just Dallas wrestlers, just because. You saw some of those wrestlers commingling, going to different companies to work programs. It only helps those young wrestlers so they don't wrestle just once a week. They need to be able to wrestle more times a week. Um, and so that's going to be a help for all that's involved. So I look forward to seeing what 2020 brings because if we're going to get some commingling with different companies, that's just going to be good for the business overall. The two most dangerous aspects of wrestling the pencil and pettiness it's something oh. it's not going away that's put that on put, put that on t-shirt at the aw shop uh put that <laughs> <laughs> put that on a t-shirt <laughs> it's oh, on aw on uh awe uh ae uh that's aew jr oh yeah yeah yeah, I got some great, I got some great teriyaki right now on JRsBarbecue.com. <laughs> Jim, Jim, last episode did call AEW AWE, which is awesome. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, brother, thank you so much, and we'll do this again. But that was a great review of uh, uh, the NXT UK show. And again, if you have not watched that show, you should get into it because if you like your pro wrestling, um, wedding free. Uh, we have it for you right here uh, for NXT UK. So it, sh- it should be very interesting for sure. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Hoodie. As always, back on Thursday for Hood and Lopez. A great review there from Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. As I mentioned, support his website because he supports us here at TWT. Now a review of NXT UK from Triple H as... He has his thoughts about what happened in Blackpool, England, as NXT UK Blackpool 2 took place on a terrific show. What's up, WWE Universe? Alicia Taylor coming to you from NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2, where I am joined by the man behind NXT and NXT UK, Triple H. Triple H, what an incredible takeover from start to finish. Amazing night. Um... I really wish we would have started this behind there with our heads through the Mustache Mountain 
We have to get we have to get there at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you only put your face in there? Because I would. It says on the back, only your face. Yeah, epic show. Epic show, epic building, epic crowd. You know, one thing about the UK is they bring a unique flavor to all these shows. So they, they come in here with their own uh, personalities. They are a character within this show. Uh, the building itself has a personality um, and just a, a vibe to it that you just can't, um, you can't manufacture and you can't get anywhere else. That's what makes Blackpool so, so special. That's what makes NXT UK so special is these locations, these fans. But then when you get here and the athletes do what they do, these athletes, like we saw tonight, from start to finish, just tearing this place up. And, and you know, I, I say it all the time, there's there's a lot of athletes in NXT, uh, both in the U.S. and here, that they're with a lot to prove to themselves, to the world. And nights like tonight show that. They make a statement uh, where when you get to the end of the night, they're, they're, they're looking at the entire world saying, okay, follow that, you know. There was so much pride and passion brought to the ring tonight. Yes. And we kicked the night off with the highly anticipated, highly physical <laughs> match between Trent Seven and Eddie Dennis. And the tactics of Eddie Dennis yeah. garnered a VAR chant. What was that about? <laughs> well, there is the uh, the the video recording and, and the instant replay, so to speak, for those watching in the U.S., uh, that, that is under a lot of uh, scrutiny right now in in, um, in football here. And they've just instituted it here, and it is a major talking point among fans in the sporting world about whether uh, replays and, and that should be instituted and, and changing calls and, and different plays. There's none of that here in, in NXT UK. So, I, uh, you know, fans chanting VAR... Uh, I put out a statement shortly thereafter that where there's no VR in NXT, uh, if you can get away with it here, you can get away with it. And that's the thing. There's rules, there's regulations, but we're not going to go back and watch something on instant replay and change the rules. So um, a little bit of, of cultural reference here. But you talk about that match. Eddie Dennis is one of those performers where when you look at him on paper, um, kind of looks like a regular guy, doesn't wow you with his physique. But tall, but and has great technique with what he does in the ring. But he brings a sadistic side to what he does that's hard to put a. There's an intangible quality to that. When you see him uh, put a guy over his head, and he's trying bad enough to raise his head as a guy into a an exposed turnbuckle. Yeah. But when the referee stops that to throw him headfirst backwards over the top rope to the floor, yeah. um, on top of a cable puller for a cameraman who was not even facing <laughs> ringside who was looking out of the crowd and just got blindsided by a flying Trent Seven um, that's a different level of, of um, intent and, and trying to hurt and, and take things to a different level that's what makes people special um, you know Trent Seven a loved character here so to, to do that to him and to take that to another level it's just a, a, a different statement by, uh, by Eddie Dennis I think we were all blindsided by that flying Trent Seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite matches tonight was the triple threat for the NXT UK Women's Championship. Kaylee Ray successfully defended or outsmarted her opponents tonight. Yeah, you look, the, the momentum that uh, Tony Storm had, the momentum that a Piper Niven had coming into this, two, two insurmountable... Um, challengers on their own, but, but and this was Piper's first takeover. Yeah, but using them to almost sort of kind of cancel each other out and and being able to to um, succeed in that manner. Look, I think Kaylee Ray is one of those talents that over time people are just now beginning to realize she's something special. It's going to take a longer term build. I think you know six months a year from now, people are speaking about Kaylee Ray in the dominant tone, and I could be wrong, but in the dominant tone that you've seen them speak of a Shayna Baszler in NXT, that you've seen them speak in an Asuka in NXT, she has, there, there's a different demeanor to her. You can see it in, in her physique and how she trains. You can see it in her technique in the ring, but she also brings that intangible um, sort of just mean street quality 
that puts you on a different level. She's going to be tough to beat for that title. I think people are just starting to see that now, but I think that will become evident very, very soon. But again, phenomenal performance by all three of them, and it's going to be interesting to see. Tony Storm said something really important. She doesn't know what she is without that title. So what now? That, that becomes a question for me. So what now for Tony Storm? Because she's thrown away friendships. She's thrown away relationships. She's thrown away a lot just to get into the spot she was in, and it didn't work. You know? She showed up on NXT this week to challenge NXT champion Rhea Ripley. Yes. But the plan with Rhea Ripley was to walk in and grab two titles. Yes. And she walks in without any. Does that demoralize her? Does that make her... Uh, less of a threat to Rhea Ripley or does that make her desperate and make her more of a threat when you back somebody into a corner and they have nothing to lose does that make her like you just said more dangerous than ever she's already at the top of her game she's already world class you back her into the wall with nothing back her up against the wall with nothing to lose that's a whole different level of Tony Storm um, you know it's it's been amazing to see when you think back to the NXT UK Women's Championship with Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm going at it last year or whenever that was. Um, two totally different competitors now, though. You know, Tony at the time when she beat Rhea Ripley, different competitor. Rhea Ripley now as to when she was beaten by Tony Storm, different competitor. That's going to be an interesting match. Absolutely. Um, you tweeted shortly after their match that you didn't have the words to describe how you felt about Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin, both masters of the mat. Tyler Bate has been a champion, uh, but tonight Devlin seemed to push him to his limits. So, what does that mean for Devlin? Yeah, I've I've uh, I've not been shy about singing the praises of what I believe in in Jordan Devlin. I think he's an incredible, incredible performer that is underrated by very many. Um, and I think that he's just really coming into his own and taking it to another level. He has an incredible future ahead of him. Tyler Bate, first NXT UK champion here at 19. What's Tyler Bate now, 22, 23 right. years old? I mean, two of the greatest performers in the business today, and yet they probably both have, are nowhere near their primes yet in this. To watch them go at it, I got a unique experience um, which I don't get very often because of the design of this building to be able to go sit and watch that match from the crowd. And I don't get an opportunity to do that much. Uh, a lot of times it's, it's a distracting thing for fans or whatever, so I, I don't like to do it. I got the opportunity tonight as that match was going into the ring to, to step up there and sit and watch the match with William Regal and Johnny Sane. It's been years since I've been able to do that, and it was incredible. I can tell you, in the arena, inside... Uh, the Empress Ballroom here in Blackpool, it was electric. It's hard to even describe how it felt, like the, just the buzz of that crowd. They had them in the palm of their hands. Every single person in there was standing on the edge of their seat. I mean, it, it just, it was uh, it was incredible. And, and uh, my hat's off to both of them. And I knew going into this that that was going to be a, a tough match to follow. That's one of those things that um, Shawn Michaels and I talk about as, as these shows are coming to be. Almost, um, when that match is made, you're almost like a giddy kid that you can't wait just to see it. Not for everybody else, just for yourself. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? You're almost you're almost booking that match for you. Um, and that's how I felt tonight watching that. That was something special. Some of the thoughts there from Triple H. Talking to Alicia Taylor about what happened at NXT UK and Blackpool. It's a really unique experience to hear from the creator of NXT UK afterwards and giving his thoughts on those matches, just like Josh and I gave our thoughts on the matches that took place in Blackpool, England. For everyone listening, wherever you might be, thanks so much for downloading this podcast, whether you're in the United States or uh, in England, whether you're in France, whether you're in Mexico, thanks so much for checking out the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast, wherever, wherever you download your podcast. Leave five stars in a review. We appreciate that as always. And don't forget, if you need to email the show, if you are a promoter and you are a, someone that wants your card mentioned on the show as a part of your promotion, do so. UTHpods at Outlook.com. UTHpods at Outlook.com. And I will promote your show for you. But 
Yeah, send me that email, and I'll be glad to let people know about the show that you have in your area, no matter where it is. Our thanks to Josh Lopez for being with us. For Josh, I'm Jonathan. Tell people that Jonathan is talking wrestling Tuesday, wrestling Tuesday, right here on our podcast. Talk to you in a few days as we get a chance to review AW and NXT and some of the other storylines around professional wrestling here in January of 2020. Talk to you soon.